you're listening to Cinema Geekly, with the hosts who bothered actually turning up for the show. And I'm their voiceover guy. I'm from Britain, where you can find the real Boston, New York and Newark. They're shitholes, but they're here. Bad questions again. <laughs> yeah, we'll start with that guy. Okay. Uh, so starting off here, it's a mailbag episode, as if you guys couldn't tell. Just Glenn and I uh, again, until we get uh, our psychiatrist back, the, the keeper of the lunatics, Tony, with a good microphone from the, uh, the booster donations that most of you don't really give a fuck about. Uh, it's just gonna be Glenn and I and Cody on the off chance we can catch him when he's not working. So into the mailbag we dive. Uh, the first question. Uh, kind of insult, I guess, uh, comes from Monkey of Doom on Google+. Plus. Um, I, I don't really want to insult him, but there's a lot of issues with the uh, the text of the comment. But the, the, the flavor is essentially this. Uh, is there some psycholo- psychological reason why people will turn out in droves to see Transformers to the tune of $1 billion, but they don't do the same for the likes of Planet of the Apes or Guardians of the Galaxy? And then he wants to know, why did both... Uh, they both did good at the box office, blah, blah, blah. Audience such, a, such movies would overlap. Uh, you want to take this one? Uh, yeah, I guess. It's odd that we start with the mailbag and not what's new on the website. Uh, well, but like, there's like nothing on the website. Yeah, it's been a slow fucking week, yeah, man. Yeah, oh, Tomb Raider got bought by Microsoft. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. And, uh, no, the... Uh, <laughs> the... Uh, for my biggest thing is like okay like as stupid as mankind is like michael bay's trailers are just i mean look he you know like a lot of trailers they show you all the action or all the comedy all the funny bits and then like you see the movies like well that was the only thing that was good in the movie the problem with michael bay is like there's so much excess like it's just as far as like action goes and explosions that you never can quite capture all of it in uh, his trailers, and I feel like there's people just they want to. I mean, they want to see shit blow up. Why yeah. would want to sit there and see it for three hours? I don't know, because it just becomes a blur. And it, I mean, like the first movie, like was relatively received well. And I would say the same thing as like Pirates of the Caribbean. Like the first one, like people enjoyed, they liked it, and then as they went along, they got progressively worse, but they still made money because. The first one was still good, and, and it's always like the sequel is always going to do better. So, like, I think the second one actually made the most money, and then the third one, and then I mean, even with the fourth making a lot of money, it has teetered off at least domestically. And the thing is, like, internationally, you never know what's going to do well. You have no idea. It's a crapshoot what's going to do well internationally. I mean, for the most part, like as far as uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is concerned, like a lot of its budget is being saved. Uh, or its money is being made overseas, and they still haven't even had Japan or China yet. And it's the same thing like Guardians. Like it's right. really well domestically. I mean, two hundred twenty million. It's third week in and only being number one once. Like isn't bad. Like if you even look at the numbers, like it made twenty million this past weekend. Like yeah, that's half of. It's almost half of what it did the weekend before. But considering you had three new movies come out this weekend. Um, and then one of them last week was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I, I don't understand how it's making it that much money. Um, you know, like, it, it, there's still – it's still doing consistent. It's it's kind of like uh, the December numbers. Like, people always talk about in December uh, with, like, The Hobbit or even Avatar. It's not so much the first weekend where they make their money. It's how well they sustain it over the month of January. And that's kind of like what seems like Guardians is doing. Like, it may never be number one again, but it's going to stay in the top five for a while. And it'll get, Oh, yeah. And get, it'll get its 15 and 10 for, you know, at least three or four more weeks. Well, so, I mean, it's shit. You know, like, it hasn't even opened Japan or China yet, and it's already at basically 200 million, you know, uh, overseas. So, I mean, those are two monstrous markets. I mean, this 
this thing, it, it very well could reach, you know, a, a billion just as a standalone movie. I mean, so it, uh, I, I, I think the the reason why people tend to see like the Michael Bay sort of movies is that while well, Guardians of the Galaxy is light, it is kind of funny. I mean, you know, it, it is somewhat adult source material, same as Planet of the Apes. I mean, it's it's an adult movie, so you're not going to get you know the, the nine or ten year old clamoring to see apes with Uzis as you would giant robots punching each other and turning into dinosaurs. So I mean, I, I think the audience. Uh, generally do overlap, but uh, only to an extent. I, I don't really think there's quite a large, uh, as large as a similar fan base is what you would think. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like, like I guess Guardians is the most Wes Anderson-y type of uh, like <laughs> mainstream comic book movie. So, whereas like Michael Bay, it's just, it's just excess. He gives the audience like, he doesn't care about basically creating art at this point. He's like, I'm going to give the audience what they want. And that's what he says. Like, they want explosions. They want, you know, good-looking women. They want, um, you know, just uh, who cares about character development. Just, just get them to the plot points and just make shit look cool. And that, you know, he said that. I mean, you know, like, at the same time, like, I hate him, but I respect him for, like, you know – he doesn't take his job too seriously. I mean, he makes shit tons of money doing it. Whereas, like, someone where James Cameron thinks he's this visionary, and he really just does the same thing that Michael Bay does. He just is a little <laughs> bit more pretentious about it. Uh, so, I could yeah. always hear the keyboards just jump in unison when you said that just now. <laughs> what? I, what I, like, look, yes, I understand. J- when James Cameron makes a movie, yes, he changes it a little bit. Not for the good. I mean, look at all the 3D <laughs> crap we have now because of Avatar. Because everybody thinks you need to see it that way. Um, I, I will defend uh, no, Piranha 3D and Piranha 3 Double D uh, in, in 3D. Like, you oh, know, the yeah, most no. recent iterations at, at the at the cinema, they were masterful. There are certain things you want to see, but like my biggest thing is like these action, like the Avengers in 3D. The the cuts and the things are happening so fast. That whenever you have quick movement, you lose it in 3D, and it's just a blur. Whereas, like, with Avatar, like, yeah, there's action, but, like, it's slowed down to a certain point. Like, no, it's not like everything's just zipping by, like, a Guy Ritchie movie where, like, a lot of these action sequences, they just cut it, and it makes it look like something's happening when nothing's really happening. It's just they're giving you the idea of, and you're kind of filling in the blanks because there's no way in hell they could actually make that look good. Um, whereas, like, in Avatar, they actually made it look that good. It's just it's Pocahontas and Ferngali. I mean, that's like dances with wolves. Yeah, don't get over. You know, just get over yourself, James Cameron. Like, yeah, technically you've made shit like <laughs> awesome, and you made Terminator Two and The Abyss. Like, you've made these, you know, really impactful movies. But I'm sorry, like Titanic. There is a TV movie that came out a year before Titanic, and I know they spent years on it. But look, I'm not saying they stole the script from it. But it's the exact same movie, except wow. characters' names are changed. I mean, yeah, of course, yeah, no shit, the ship's gonna go down. But I mean, like a character of Rose, like they have all of that stuff in that TV movie with Catherine Zeta-Jones. It's it's mind bent. It's pretty. It's pretty sad, like how many people just came out in droves for it when something came out before it. It's just it was presented in a different way. It looked a lot better, and that's just James Cameron. He knows how to make things, you know, sugar coated and colorful. Um, where there's really not much to it, but Hey, you know what? He's making way better crap than I'll ever make. So I guess I can't really judge too much. <laughs> so does that it's, answer it's your question? All, it's about... just all budget. It's all budget. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we but, could do James Cameron level shit if we had to. I mean, the other thing too is like with Michael Bay's, you're talking about transformers, like it made a billion dollars, but it's budget. And that's not including the marketing for it. And it got marketed pretty heavily was $250 million baseline. And you know, that's an estimation. So it's going to got to be a little bit higher, probably another 50 million on top of that, as far as marketing goes, because they marketed this thing a long time ago. So yeah, it's making a billion dollars. It's the same thing with the Cameron movies. Like you have these massive budgets, like Titanic at the time was $267 million to make. In 98, like, that's a ton of money at the time. I mean, just think about the inflation now. Right. Yeah, it made a billion dollars, but something like, you know, you could get the same percentage on a smaller budget. You know, it's not – money isn't always everything because they had to make so much money just to make back what they put into it. So, um, (laughs) I mean, something like Donna Planet of the Apes, like, yeah, it made a lot of money, but it's still going to make its money overseas and it's – 
it, it wasn't the production cost wasn't as much. So you can, whenever I see these numbers, like some of them are a little bit skewed. I mean, yeah, obviously when you get to like to the billions, like who gives how much? Who cares how much money you put into it? There's no way you put a billion dollars into it, but. Um, it, I think it's more about profit margin than it is how much. I mean, even Guardians, I know its budget is, I think it's like 150, but 150, and so far we've made 450 million dollars. Like, it's not bad. No, it's a good investment. So, I'm done. I'm sorry. I I went on probably way too long of a rant. <laughs> All right, you happy, sir? Did you get your question answered? <laughs> yeah. Monkey of Doom, Google Plus. Awesome. I'm glad we got a Google Plus guy in there. Yeah, who knew, right? Yeah. Jesus. I don't go on there. <laughs> I have one. I don't know what the fuck its purpose is for. No, well, you have to have one to have like a Gmail account, don't you? I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly. the way it was like, presented fuck. to me. So. And because they own YouTube, like, you know, you put shit, you, you yeah. want to put shit up on YouTube, like, you, you need a fucking Google Plus account. Yeah. They're sneaky, man. God damn, are they sneaky. Yeah, almost like the Ruskies. Right. <laughs> Speaking of YouTube. We got a uh, a direct message uh, on the Cinema Geekly YouTube from Mott the Poople. Yeah, they want to know, uh, why don't you have more content on YouTube? I've heard you guys talk about it on the podcast a few times. Please get off your asses and give me some sweet video pleasures. Uh, well, Mott the Poople, uh, we appreciate that you want to see us provide you some sweet video pleasures. Uh, you know, We're working on stuff. I mean, I... Uh, Right now, um, over on my YouTube channel uh, at Profit of Geek, I just do reviews for uh, Loot Crate, Nerd Block. I mean, you know, you guys have seen me posting them on the website and the Facebook, all that uh, going. Um, but really, it just kind of comes down to time uh, and equipment. I mean, you know, that's why we do things like the booster, try to raise money for uh, for things of that nature, so that we can prove those portions of the show. But I mean, I, I know Glenn's got a few ideas for stuff coming uh, <laughs> via the YouTube. Uh, for Cinema Geekly, I have a couple things coming as well, but you know, like I said, in that meantime, uh, I'll put up a link, or I'll have Tony do it uh, on the website to my YouTube channel. You guys can check out. I mean, you know, if you enjoy the podcast, which you do because you write in. I mean, you know, you like hearing me blather on, talking about all of the ridiculous shit I get sent to me in the mail every month. So uh, until we get Cinema Geekly going, at Profit of Geek. So thank you there, uh, Mott the Poople. Yeah, I mean, it's not not even necessarily time. Like, look understand that three of the four guys who you know stick to it every week yes they live in michigan but i mean i'm guessing michigan isn't as small as i think it is um, no <laughs> but considering i live in the giant state of texas and, <laughs> and, and as I just said, yeah as i said i live in texas like for us to get together look do you want to you want to prove me you know like if i want to invest time yeah i might move up there i'd rather them come down here because of uh, no state income tax, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, that kind of stuff is hard to do. Like, would you really just want us to have split screen of us talking or doing a review? Like, I mean, come on. Dude, dude I, want- I, I, I have long thought we need to video record one of the podcasts and just put it up just yeah. to see how well it does. Well, I mean, and Anthony's talked about like maybe, you know, some kind of Twitch TV stuff, which is fine. Like I will gladly show you guys how awful I am at Call of Duty because like I I would gladly be comic relief. Oh, I would love to do that. We, we, we would never <laughs> win, but you get me with a 12-year-old, like my goal is to make them cry, me get booted. Like so it can happen. <laughs> and uh, but no, I mean, like, yeah, you know, Aaron said, but there, there's other things down the road. I mean, but like he said, you know, it's it's hard to kind of come by. Like, video stuff is really expensive. Um, it is not cheap. And yeah, you can be like, oh, you could do it with your phone. Like, but my thing is, like, if I'm going to do something, I want at least look halfway decent. Uh, or like when I do it, you want it to be bad. Yeah, I mean, you can do things intentionally, <laughs> but like, it fits for what you're doing, though. Like, right. <laughs> how serious are you going to take a review about a box you get every month? I mean, come on. It's I mean, I can't wait for the episode where everybody turns out that Luke crates, you know, the Unabomber. I mean, that that would be something. Right. Uh but I mean, uh, yeah, there's 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 talks. Um it's just timing and the other thing with video, you got to get other people involved even where you're at. Especially like things I have planned, like I couldn't do it by myself just because I would need someone to follow me with a camera and that just that just takes time like you said you know and i'm I like it, building puppets is a very involved uh fucking <laughs> process man it <laughs> it is it is not for uh for those who are not skilled at crafting i fucking tell you that <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert fellas 
folks, ladies, gentlemen, everybody. Might yeah, be that, some I mean, that's been a out. long time coming, though. So, yeah, it, it's taken on uh, several different uh, forms. So it, uh, I think I finally have the, the last flavor of it settled in. So we're, <laughs> we're getting ready to go. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Oh man, what else we got here? Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to let you handle this one, Glenn, uh, since you're familiar with the area it comes from. Yeah. Old Adam L. of Prescott, Arizona. He sent in, if you guys can enjoy a stupid-ass movie like Guardians of the Galaxy, then why can't you enjoy a stupid movie like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? (sighs) Let me tell you something. The guy who directed Guardians of the Galaxy was super enthusiastic about it. And it was something he wanted to do. The guy who made Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comes from the stable of Michael Bay (laughs) understudies who are just doing it for the money, as I've previously answered in a former question. Now, my question to you of Adam L. of Prescott, Arizona, is why the hell do you live in Prescott, Arizona and not Prescott Valley? Since it actually has a movie theater that isn't, you know, only three screens and shoved inside of a hill uh, that's about the size of a Denny's diner. And, you know, has Granite Mountain that's all burned up because of all the fires where you could live on a flat mesa where you wouldn't really have to worry about that kind of stuff. Which is just a ten minute drive away on the other side of those circle of mountains surrounding Prescott in Yapahai County. I mean, yeah, it's cool that Prescott has an, a zoo with, like, eight animals in it. One of them being a bear, a jaguar, and a javelina. Like, holy shit, they had to go far to find those. Um, you know, and then you have a mall that's empty because they thought Prescott and Prescott Valley, or mainly Prescott, was going to be this huge booming area because of all the development de- being done in Prescott Valley. And you know what happened? No one came to that mall, and it's basically empty, and the only thing you have is Sabaro. Which I think Sabaro's even going out of business, so you probably don't even have that anymore. Now, the cool thing about that mall, you go, uh, if you're coming from the mall, as you turn left and go down the state highway a little bit, there's two really small, crappy casinos uh, that I'm pretty sure don't have any table games. One's at a hotel, and the other one is stationed uh, inside of a gas station. And, you know, at least you got the kids' casino, Peter Piper's, which is, you know, a little bit further up the road. But when your main entertainment source in that town is the YMCA because they have a pool, don't talk to me about things that are stupid. And, uh, you know, you have a town square, which, oh, that's cool. You guys got a little town square in a town of, like, 60,000 where there's, like, a three-story indoor tiny little shopping center mall that's, like, the size of an elevator. So, but you know what? You have fun with that. <laughs> I'll live in a state that doesn't just completely, uh, you know, do prejudicial racism as far as uh, a certain nationality is concerned. I mean, yeah, we, we're we pretty proud of our guns, but for the most part, we're, we're pretty open about them coming in. And, uh, you know... We if, don't if you guys a, want, we don't have a falling it, apart economy because of all the Californians that came in. For those of you at home right now who might be a little jealous uh, that Glenn isn't decimating your hometown, please email in to info at <laughs> com, uh, with something disparaging, and we will be sure that he pays the utmost attention to you and your shithole hometown. I just thought it was really funny because I was like, oh, cool, Prescott, Arizona. And then he insulted him like, well, fuck you. Like, I know where you live. You probably didn't see this coming. So, yeah. <laughs> I just I just think it's funny. I hate towns that that are like, you know, like 60,000 isn't massive. But, like, for love of God, you're not, you know, a podunk little outlaw town that you pretend to be when you could just drive up. Uh, like an hour away into the mountains where there's a cliffside city that is like an old cowboy town. Like you're not a tourist destination, Prescott. You're halfway in between Flagstaff and Phoenix. Like just get over yourself. People only drive through there to go to the Grand Canyon. Or they're fleeting the fires. There you go. 
<laughs> Moving right along. Uh, the next question comes from Jay Allen in Flint, Michigan. What's up, Jay? Hailing from my neck of the woods. He asks, what's the best video game you guys have played this year, and what are we looking forward to playing? Uh, Glenn, what are you playing this year? Uh, I mean, I, I am going to get Xbox One, so I will be playing Sunset Overdrive, because that game looks absolutely amazing. Uh, outside of that, like, I can't even think of anything that's coming out this year, just because E3 told me everything was coming out next year. Uh, I mean, the best game I've played this year, which is uh, outs that are new, has only been Watch Dogs, I mean, NBA 2K, which doesn't count, because that's just, like, filler in between games I want to buy, <laughs> and South Park Stick of Truth. And I guess out of those two, like, South Park Sick of Truth was, like, the funnest game ever just because I love South Park so much. So that would be it. I mean, for you. Boy, I, I wish that would fucking come for PS4, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Such a uh, bummer. Yeah. Oh, what, what, what's it for you? Just, like, replaying the Deadpool game? Uh, I, I do love replaying the Deadpool game, um, but but this year, you know, like, I played uh, the, the Last of Us. Uh, I, I've been playing Call of Duty. Uh, Black Ops 2, I mean, just, you know, forever. Uh, I don't know. It. Uh, I'm a big Call of Duty guy. That's mainly what I play. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get suckered into Madden again this year. I think I finally hit my limit uh, with Madden. I wasn't going to, and then my roommate's like, hey, we got to get Madden so we can play each other. So I guess it's different if, like, there's someone you're going to always play against every day. But Oh, no, I have people I can play against every day, but I'm not getting sucked into it again. It's like every year I, I fork over, like, the 65 bucks like an asshole, and it's just like, what, what am I doing? So finally this year, I'm, I'm no, I'm not, not going to stick with Madden. Um, what I'm looking forward to is obviously Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, uh, and it, it's somewhat clone uh, Destiny. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to both of those games uh, quite a lot, Destiny uh, in particular. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, save the Cleveland Browns with Johnny Football. So, <laughs> also like I can insult Flint, Michigan, but I've seen the documentary Bowling for Columbine, and uh, Michael Moore did a pretty good job of it. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. I love Flint. Yeah, um, so do murderers. Oh yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I mean. That small little town gives gives my state a run for the money when it comes to guns. There's a there's a lot of cities in uh, in my home state, man. They can do that with Texas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we don't fuck around up here, man. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys love your guns. We uh, do. It, it's it's odd to think that y'all love guns so much. I would think so. I mean, there, there's all different types of rednecks. They're just, you know, it depends on where you're located. I mean, we've got some really, like, some of the thickest rednecks you'd ever uh, imagine existed uh, up here in my neck of the woods. Oh, are they, like, satanic rednecks that uh, want to kill Chris Jericho? The wrestler Chris Jericho? <laughs> yeah, like that Wyatt guy. Oh, Jesus, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe in looks. He looks very <laughs> familiar to what I'm used to seeing. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> around watching it, I was like, "Oh man, that's like Duck Dynasty's like the, the alternate universe. Like if if they did a Crisis on Two Earths for Justice League and it was Duck <laughs> Dynasty, I imagine that's what that made up family would be. Would be the Wyatts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. That's pretty good. <laughs> so yeah. Um, moving along from Scott Tribble in Prake Isle, Wisconsin. He writes, shout out from an almost Michigander. Uh, and that, just let me stop right there. Uh, Michigander is not a term uh, I care for. Never have, never will. I'm not some kind of a weird fucking mallard. Uh, I, <laughs> Michiganian w would be what I would think is the obvious term. But Michigander, for some reason, man, it's just Michigander. It, <sighs> anyway, Scott, that wasn't directed towards you. That was just in general towards the term. Uh, he continues. I really like the show, and I listen to a fuck ton of pop culture podcasts, most likely, uh, mostly for like-minded opinions. I tend to judge these shows based on their reverence for God's finest creation, Nick Cage. This metric places you guys way above the majority and well beyond the reach of NPR's pop culture happy hour. To honor Sir Nick and his glamour's bountiful career, could you please tell me who you would like to switch faces with a la Face Off? That might be... Uh, the best question I think I've ever been asked in any capacity uh, anywhere. Yeah, Scott Trimble. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Wow, that is a. Uh, I damn. can't make fun of Wisconsin because they are the home of the Packers, and I mean, 
Paul Ryan's kind of <laughs> ruined it for y'all. So I'm sorry. I feel your pain. Oh, that's a good question. Okay, so you and I kind of went over this. We'll explain to everyone what we're, what we're looking for here. Uh, essentially, the way Glenn and I uh, understand it is that you get the person's face, but it's just your body in your life. Like, you know, not like in the movie where you could, you know, basically just take over the other dude's person, you know, life and everything. It's just going to be you with someone else's face. Uh, have you put a lot of thought in this? Do you have one? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, my, I would just John Hamm. I feel like that's a solid choice. Yeah, I mean, like I understand he's older, but like he's got he's just got that mystique about him, and it would I would like to have some of that mystique about me, <laughs> or or even a Rebecca Ray, Romaine, whatever the former, Rebecca Romaine, the Stam- former uh, Stamos O'Connell O'Connell. Oh yeah, that's right. She's with the fat kid from Stand by Me now. Um, but Sliders, it, come on, you can't ignore it. Sliders oh, was yeah, a, an amazing show. I mean. I mean, he's in Piranha 3D, where he's absolutely amazing in. He was really good in that too, and the uh, the monsters special yeah. they did, where he was Herman, was really good. <laughs> God damn it, it was really fucking good. Uh, the uh, it's funny, like yeah, you could do worse to pick Jerry O'Connell as a face switch. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's pretty he's, cut. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so we get body too, or just face? Because this could change my answer. Uh, I would say we could we could give like a face answer and a body answer. Oh wow! Okay then. Uh, the, wow, then mine just turned truly terrifying, uh, almost instantly. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, yeah. <laughs> Who do you got? You said John Hamm. Who's your body? Oh, I I don't know. I, I, like, I don't know. Probably Brian Reynolds, because that guy like that guy's got the V that the ladies are looking for. The the wiener cleavage. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, like, that would be a solid tr- Now, if I wanted to just, like, go all out and, like, I wanted to test myself, like, if I could be better looking at what that person's done to them, like, than Kevin Smith, like, see if it's actually possible to, you know, not get kicked off of Southwest Airlines. Right. Like, if I wanted to so challenge. It, if you give Kevin Smith John Hamm's face, you think <laughs> he would be screwed with as much. Yeah, I feel like he would. Like, I feel like John's, like, if you get some of, like, his power... Like, obviously, like, your body would go, like, plus three in charm, you know? Wow. Uh, now, this is, getting to, this is getting scientific now. Well, I was going, like, more like Final Fantasy. So, right, like I said, science, man. Yeah, okay, yeah you're right. Because <laughs> fantasy science. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, so, I feel like some of that would help a little bit. And, you know, like, if if you get, like, some of this charm and, like, his... his uh, his willingness to uh, his resiliency, like if you ever read about John Hamm and like the struggles he went through in Hollywood, he was always told he looked too old. Like he was twenty eight, like ah, you look like you're forty. And I feel like with John Hamm, like now that he is forty, like he is completely age appropriate. But he's just right. like, you know, he's just good looking enough for like younger ladies. But like, goddamn, I would bag me one of those. So. Hmm. If you, I feel like if you could do that, or even like one of his buddies, like Ben Affleck. Now that comes with a lot of trouble. So like, maybe so you, it's you, like, you put Affleck with John Hammer, Affleck with Kevin Smith, with Kevin Smith. Like that would be interesting. So you'd have Smith's face on Ben Affleck. Like I don't think I don't think he would have the resurgency that that he has now, like Ben Affleck does now. Like I feel like if he if you did that to Kevin Smith, like there would be no like part two uh, story. It would just be like. He would just become like molten lava after Jennifer Lopez. I, I think if you give Ben Affleck Kevin Smith's face, you have Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> How are the nose? For all those who are not aware of Jeffrey, Google him right now. You right on the fucking nose. That That's one just pretty hit. good. Thank you. Jeffrey Morgan, <laughs> not like an awful looking dude. You know, like, no, but he looks like you know yeah, if Affleck were wearing Kevin Smith's face, that would be Kevin Jeffrey Smith. Dean Morgan. If you're listening, uh, there is hope for you. You could at least look like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I'm telling you, he really – if he gets Ben Affleck bone structure put underneath. Yeah, he could do it. Yeah. But I mean, you know, good. I think – I don't know that if you were to switch roles where you would give Affleck Kevin Smith's body, I don't know that Ben Affleck would be able to, to do it like Kevin Smith does where he's charming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you almost just want to cuddle him no matter what just because he's he's so funny and he's like such a nerd. But maybe that's just my nerd love for him just speaking out saying that, you know, Kevin Smith uh, could probably have me. 
uh, would be a roundabout way of getting at what I'm, <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> the shorthanded version is shorthand. He could have you, me. You give him a little bit of Ben Affleck, he could probably have sex with me. All right. I, I, I think you could give him negative Affleck, and he might be able to have me still. <laughs> that, that guy's pretty awesome. Uh, I think I would go for the face. I would have to go you and McGregor. Because I mean that guy, Jesus, he is he's beautiful. Or the guy from Train. That guy. Oh. That guy's a yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. No, I'm still so sticking with, with you and McGregor. I oh, think. Oh yeah, uh, no, I didn't say you're wrong. I was just saying like, hey, like. Yeah, I mean, cause, you know, he can he's he can go a good Kenobi beard. I mean, he could just be a well shaped man. He sports a pretty good mustache, like he did in A Million Ways to Die in the West. <laughs> uh, I, I think you could do a, or I could do a lot. With uh, with that face, but I think body like you, you could do you go. Think you could do more with Ian McGregor's face than what Ian McGregor has done with his face. Uh, well, I mean that's kind of a subjective term. Like you talking about in like like fame, like movies and all that stuff. Yeah, because he, he just kinda, like, like he kind of like, teetered out. Uh, I think he just he just hikes a lot now in like the you know in the mountains. And just meets with monks and shit. Well, he like, obviously wants the money because he's like trying to force some way into the Star Wars movies. So, right, <laughs> and but, God bless him if he makes it in. That I'm all for it. Yeah, no. uh, yeah. It. Uh, I don't know that I could do more uh, than he had with his face, but I feel like I could make some waves. All right, you feel like you could you could kind of have like not necessarily like a second act, but like after Moulin Rouge and. Right. Star Wars. I, I feel like off. you could have had like that one more decent movie, like what Philip, like I love you, Philip Morris could have been. R- yeah, exactly. <laughs> interesting. Like I recommend people watching that. It's really interesting. Like out of anything I've seen in the past ten years, it probably has like the funniest scene to me I've ever watched, and that's when Jim Carrey and. Phil, I was going to Philip Seymour. Philip Seymour. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus. I don't, I'm going to go on the record and say I don't want his face. No, uh, I don't want any of that. No. Uh, when, especially now because it's probably worse looking now. Uh, whenever uh, him and uh, Ian McGregor are making Just out. Just and, and then like in the background, it's their cellmate like – or their like their, I don't know, cell suite mate or whatever the hell they're called, their next-door neighbor – is trying to distract the guard so they could, I guess, have sex. And he's just like, hey, you turn that light off. Man, fuck you. I ain't doing shit. Hey, turn that fucking light off. Man, fuck you. Come here and make me. Oh, hey, you know what? Open up, sell, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, that's right. You better get in here. I got a dick that needs sucking bit. And that's like the whole scene. But I just, like the fact, like they're trying to do this like romantic thing between a man and a man. And in the background, it's just like, oh, yeah, they're in prison. So there's this guy trying to kill a bunch of prison guards just because he can. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, to me, it's just the funniest thing because it just completely caught me off guard. Because uh, I was like, oh, okay, this is where this is going. And like the background is like, oh, this is not where this is going. Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I got to check that out. Oh, and for body, uh, I, I okay. I will say this: I feel if I had this person's body in Ewan McGregor's face, I could have, have done much better than Ewan McGregor. Uh, you know, uh, I feel you give Ewan McGregor Chris Pratt's body because he can go from chubby, adorable to like rock hard, ripped shit in just like a, you know a matter of a couple of months. I, I think Chris Pratt's body with Ewan McGregor's face. Uh, would be a very lethal combination for yeah. Hollywood and for uh, for underwear everywhere. Like Chris Pratt is definitely giving Christian Bale a run for his money as far as his body transformation goes. Because that guy went from the machinist to being Batman, to Batman. in like yeah. six months. Like he gained like sixty pounds of muscle. Like holy crap! Like but Pratt Pratt was like almost pushing three hundred pounds though when he started getting getting in shape for Star Lord, and well, he only yeah, did, he did but, that in a few months. But the thing is, like he had fat to burn that he could use that energy and the muscle like christian bale had to like build his body back by food <laughs> not cut back and trim like i don't i feel like it'd be harder to add on and copy and paste versus just trimming so <laughs> uh, you know I mean? always easier to crop than rebuffer something yeah, like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i guess we All answered right. that question thank yeah. you and just like Scott, nicholas yeah. cage Please, we went you. into another area so I get. I, I gotta say, I really do watch that. Nicholas Cage loses his shit a few times a week, and it just <laughs> it, it it never it never grows old. I mean, you could it just never watch, grows old. You could just watch the ABC thing, and it it's still like the best thing ever. 
And like you watch the movie, like he's not like it makes sense. Like the guy's life, he thinks his life is falling apart. Like of course he's gonna be that zany. So right, yeah, that movie was oh god, one one of his better. But Jesus, that one was out there, man. <laughs> yeah, Vampire Kiss. Yeah, I uh, I still watch uh, Ghost Rider fondly. It's that, just one of those movies, man. It's just oh, I've never he, seen he, a he second just, one. He makes it so good. Any other actor, it would have just been a complete pile of shit. But because it's Nicolas Cage, you're like, dude, this movie is awesome. But how much better would have Green Lantern been if he was Green Lantern? If he was Green Lantern, I know, like, it was if just... he cameoed as Superman in oh, Green Lantern, that would that would have been, been a much better movie. It, oh God. Like, why couldn't they do that? Why couldn't Ryan Reynolds be, you know, a, a different DC universe than what uh, than what Affleck and Cable are now? You know what I mean? And I they do a, a crisis on two worst where essentially, you know, oh, yeah. you, you could there mesh you these guys together. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Where you get Nicolas Cage as Bizarro Superman. Oh, Nicolas Cage as Bizarro Superman. Holy Christ. Holy why has nobody sh- done that yet? Zack Snyder. Oh, my you God. You have one job. He's in Michigan. I mean, you know, he could Google Michigan podcasts. I don't know. That's a reach. But, I mean, fuck. Oh, God, that would be sweet. <laughs> Michigan movie podcast. Oh, hey. Right. And Nick Cage, that's another guy, uh, the body transformation stuff. Yeah. I don't know if that's so much like that or is it just him getting old. But, I mean, like he no, was – Well, I mean, okay, the, the hairline isn't transforming. Yeah, that, ha- that, that, hairline that's taken is... off on a whole different <laughs> – that's a whole different galaxy away from what we're talking about. But I mean, just the shape that I, like for Ghost Rider, Jesus, dude. That uh, you know, back in Con Air days, you know what I mean? When he was hitting his stride, he could go from playing Charlie Kaufman to being someone ripped, you know, in, in a short amount of time. He's another guy whose uh, whose body you could do worse okay. with. So staying on his hair, like, just imagine that. And this could be something we could try and do on YouTube if someone doesn't steal it from me for saying this. But could you imagine like the scene in Lion King where Simba's getting older and his hair is growing out? Like, couldn't we use that for Nicolas Cage too? Like, he just see him walking and like his hair is just getting you know bigger and bigger, and then it's starting to fall back, but it's still getting longer. Pretty soon, it's just going to be a tail on the back of his head. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's so good though, man. I mean, God, I don't know. It's why distinct. would you just get plugs? Yeah, it, it is. But why not just do plugs? I mean. Y- you know, fuck it. You're Nicolas Cage. You know, who's going to say anything to you? <laughs> yeah, right. Who's very... ever going to question a, a fashion choice? That guy. He wears T-shirts of himself out in public, not giving a shit. Yeah. That's a man who lives. That's almost <laughs> as good as seeing Robert Downey Jr.'s son wear a Batman T-shirt and like oh, right. watch and like Batman belt buckle. It's like, hey, Dad, still don't love you. Remember when you abandoned me as a child from all that cocaine you did? Yeah, like, fuck you. Like, I really feel like he's just giving the middle finger for that. Probably. Speaking but of I mean, cocaine, I, uh, my friends and I were watching wrestling. We were discussing, like, who would have hold, who would have held, like, the cocaine championship belts over the years. And the thing is, like, they can't be dead. So, like, obviously, like, Macho Man Randy Savage goes out the window. Uh, you know, Benoit, uh, John Belushi, which, I mean, obviously. I mean, like, are you Sam talking can... – are we talking just wrestlers? Because I have the obvious choice if it's just wrestlers. Oh, no, I mean, like, even – like, Sam Kinison, like, you know, like, even actors and stuff. Like, these people who, who did a bunch of cocaine in the 80s, like, who's alive now? Because we were thinking about it because, like, Rob Williams always talked about how much cocaine he did. And so, like, we would just – we were just thinking, like, who would have held the cocaine championship belt during these years? Clapton. And, no, oh, yeah, Clapton. Well, we had Iron Sheik up there as well. Um, I, 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 Iron Sheik was going to be my response if it, if it was only wrestlers. If it was only wrestlers, it was Iron Sheik all day long. Oh, yeah, no, totally. But uh, maybe, maybe Flair, too. Uh, but then again, Shawn Michaels did a ton of coke back when he was raging. Yeah. Right before he found Jesus. So he just kind of swapped drugs. <laughs> so uh, Snorting the Bible and he started, scripture and started you know. snorting the Lord and he was good to go. <laughs> John three sixty. Uh. He went down in the corner and got himself an eight ball of Jesus and started free basing. He was he was ready to go. <laughs> no, I yeah, it's got to be Eric Clapton though, right? Like, there's the, he doesn't remember the seventies. Do you know how much goddamn cocaine it takes to not remember a decade? <laughs> I mean. Yeah, he like, said this. He doesn't remember the seventies. That oh, actually yeah. like, happened. Obviously, he's like the seventies, eighties champion. Right. Um, I guess like who would have been the sixties? What's that? The guy who did the the Christmas specials. I can't remember his name. Probably like Ike Turner's up there. Like he he's definitely. Uh, Le- was it Liberace? He, he was a big coke guy too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was a big coke guy. Yeah. 
Um, he's a lot of other things too. He just was a big personality. Who, who would be the Coke guy from the '90s? Like, who's the '90s decade champion of Coke? I feel like it should be Robert Downey Jr. I mean, the shit. That's, I a, mean, that's a strong contender. I, I mean, I'll, him, I'll, like Kiefer Sutherland. Like, I mean, there's that whole group of guys should be dead. And Charlie according Sheen. to Freddie Prince Jr., um, uh, Kiefer Sutherland is dead inside. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I love that. That's how Freddie Prince Jr. get met, gets mentioned these days. Yeah. Is like you know they don't they say of Scooby Doo fame the former WB writer. It's like dude, that's what this that's the, what they boiled down his career to is Scooby Doo, and he was a former WB writer. It's like man, that's I think that's a fall. That's a far fall, but then again, like you know, they don't even mention his dad, who was like really. But what really did he do besides those things? You know what I mean? Um, it's like it's kind catch. of an insult, but then you read. Okay, I'm just gonna stop you uh, right the fuck there. Uh, <laughs> what I, I know what you did last summer. I mean, come on. Oh god damn it, man! It oh that was such a bad movie. <laughs> hey, but you know what? I got cruel intentions out of that, so I am not complaining. So that's the one with uh, Ryan Philippe. Yeah, and recently yeah, yeah, yeah. and Sarah Michelle Geller. What happened to that guy, the Philippe? Um, he's doing something these days. Like, I'm not. Like, he's not having a comeback, but like, as I know on television, like he's he's getting steady work. So, huh. and he's married to somebody that's like famous and hot. Was he married to? Uh... I mean, he was married to Reese, right? Which I like. She's forty now, or thirty nine. Oh, so she's just automatically gross then. She right? still looks like fourteen. Like I don't know how she did it, or how she does it. I mean, I'm assuming it's something similar to what Charlie Theron did in Snow White and the Huntsman. <laughs> but uh, congratulations, Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> how about? Uh... Coke champion of you know the the first decade to two thousands Charlie Sheen right yeah oh yeah dude totally like he, there's no oh nineties also could be like Mike Tyson but then again he could just been like the drug king because I don't know if you ever read his memoir I've read a little bit of it I like think excerpts. we could just go ahead and crown Mike Tyson uh, <laughs> champion of everything for the nineties and just leave it at that whatever you throw out there he 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 might be able to come up with a story where you're like okay he's a contender again yeah he's a contender and then like oj can beat him on like one account yeah i guess, well, I guess technically it was two counts but uh, allegedly allegedly <laughs> uh i mean the bronco thing uh so, right. i mean there there's 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 people who can run for his money uh <laughs> john daly that was a big cocaine guy the golfer who ate like oh yeah what a beer. nut job that guy was yeah he he was he was something in the early 90s you think chevy chase did enough coke in his day to, to be a contender in the 80s yeah i mean he had to have since he did that awful uh tv show the his uh the chevy chase show yeah yeah god i mean dan Aykroyd, like harold ramus like i mean there's uh, bill murray i'm sure he did coke i mean he had to have a lot I think he's a big pot guy. I think he's another. Oh one. yeah, now I would I would say like back then though I feel like that whole comedy scene was was coke. Just nothing but cocaine and, and hookers. Yeah. <laughs> and the excuse is like we didn't know it was bad for us. Like come on, like after like like five days of being up and you know your eyes are completely sunken in. You look like those big eye paintings. Like come on, like you had to have known like oh man this might have been bad for me. <laughs> Maybe they didn't. It was oh, the 80s. Motley man. Crue, uh, definitely like late 80s. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Is, I, don't even t- I don't even know if we should count musicians as regular people as far as 80s and cocaine is concerned. Because yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot of heavy shoes there, man. I mean, I'm surprised Eric Clapton didn't do a lot of coke after his son dying. Like, like that guy man. had a, yeah, a legitimate reason to just, like... Fuck it, you know. I don't want to remember this decade either. And he just, uh, you know, he'll take a hit of like, you know, uh, fucking hyena, you know, hyena claw clippings, just like every morning. And that's, you know, I mean, he's just on a whole different level of shit where he's on to stuff we don't even consider, uh, you know. And that's just how he rolls. Has I like his own chemical that, uh, lab that just like makes right. drugs for him to keep him alive. Yeah. They drop a, they, they give him a, a random dropper like like a hamster uh, out of his wall every morning. <laughs> then he just goes and trips balls for a good nineteen hours a day. Then the other five he poops and he sleeps. Yeah, okay. I think that's what he does. If I were, uh, I would demand that. Uh, 
Sounds good to know what I'd do if I were really witch. We should probably get to the last question. Speaking <laughs> of cocaine, uh, another one from my neck of the woods, Aaron Taylor in Troy, Michigan. She writes, hey, guys, after reading about Robin Williams' death, it got me wondering about comedians that also managed to turn out good dramatic roles. Outside of Williams, who do you think managed to do good drama while being primarily known for doing comedy? Also, what's your favorite William- Robin Williams comedy performance and favorite dramatic performance? Uh, favorite comedy is... Uh, a night at the Met. <laughs> like that stand up in eighty five was was pretty impressive. Even today, like it still stands up. Well, no pun intended. Uh <laughs> uh Mrs. Doubtfire. That's I mean this really hangs on, is that what you're trying yeah, to get it? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I mean Mrs. Doubtfire, I mean that's like the first thing I really thought of is like when I was a kid and saw Wild Moons was that movie. And that was like, as my parents were going through a divorce, it was like, oh my god, I am this kid. <laughs> it was so. It was. I mean, granted, my dad didn't do drag. Um, so, I mean, that you, that you know of. No, I, no, he, he, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't last much longer after that to be able to do drag. Um, That's right. He definitely went the Williams way out of things, minus the card insert a gun. But uh, we. Uh, uh, yeah, I would say like Mrs. Doubtfire, probably. And like dramatic, I think beforehand I probably would have said Dead Poet Society. But given the context of what it is now, like I keep thinking back to Goodwill Hunting because of what has happened and like the things that he says and like the whole movie's dealing with like depression and overcoming your odds. And it's like, well, like just it, it feels natural in that character of what has happened to like what he has done now. Like out of anything he's played, I could see that becoming his future just because it it seemed really personable for him because i think he was going through a divorce at that time as well like through goodwill hunting like his first divorce so i don't know like watching that movie now it's just given a different context um and as far as like actors go that were comedy and dramatic like the only one i can think of is bill murray um which I don't even like so much dramatic, but like I mean, Lost in Translation is kind of a comedy, but it's got really heavy uh, dramatic elements to it. So he does that. I mean, I'd even go so as far to throw in you know the Wes Anderson stuff he's done that yeah. does drama also. Oh, especially Grand Budapest! Like holy crap! Like yeah, that is a very or the dark Life movie. Aquatic. As funny yeah, as oh, it was, yeah. like the, the dramatic parts in that movie, they fucking punched, man. I mean, Bill Murray uh, was great uh, in that. Yeah. Just fantastic. I, I think my favorite Robin Williams comedy, it, it's a toss-up tie between Popeye, which was you – know, you know, when I think Robin Williams, that's what I think because that was the first movie I ever saw him in when I was a kid was Popeye. So that's what I – that's my default movie for him. Or uh, a more recent one, Death to Smoochie. I love the shit out of that movie. Yeah, I don't know why people It's just it so much. dark and funny. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why people take a shit on it because I think it's absolutely great. I love it. Yeah, uh, what, what? Who was your like dramatic, like your comedy actor turn, or even comedian turn dramatic actor? Because I just, I can't really think of it. Like I jokingly said, like Jack Black, but it's not even like <laughs> he tried and he failed miserably at it. Um, John right? C. Riley. Oh yeah. Well, see, I, for me, like I know of John C. Riley before he was the comedian. Like the one of the first movies I know of him in is Perfect Storm. And he's right. really great in it. Him and William Fitchner uh, are, you know, like they dueled these past weekends with their movies. So, right. uh, like their relationship, their dynamic, I thought was like the best thing in the whole movie. I didn't care about um, George Clooney going down with the ship and then Mark Wahlberg probably going out the worst way of them. It's just like in a fucking hurricane waiting the waves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, but look, look at some of his earlier movies. I mean, you know, Days of Thunder. I mean, you know, not a comedy. You know, that's what I mean. Though, though I mean, like it's, the, a, it's an unintentional comedy because it's so bad. I mean, what's he? Gilbert Grape, Dolores Claiborne. I mean, this guy, he has been in a lot of heavy, heavy movies. Gangs in New York. Holy shit! Well, no, that's what I mean. Though, like later on, he started doing the comedy stuff. That's why I don't right. like it's reversed. <clears throat> uh, like what Eric? But, but he's just be. so good. Like at, at the comedy, like you know, he has reverted back to. Uh, you know some serious stuff in between some of the comedy, uh, so he's he's able to kind of flip flop, which I mean I think speaks a lot uh, to how talented this guy is. But yeah, but for me, like you know, I think someone who's surprisingly great at both. I mean, I John C. Riley has got to be my man all the way. And even like I, w- I wouldn't say Adam Sandler because I think he's 
he's done like punch truck love he is really good in uh i enjoy spanglish not particularly for him um i just i for whatever reason i really love that movie i just find it interesting really i don't i don't i i do i just it was something like i can just i haven't seen it in years but when i first saw it i probably watched it like again a week later and i just for whatever reason i mean it came like 2006 i just really liked it and it wasn't even like i liked adam sandler because, I, I mean, there, yeah, he's got some funny ones, like his early stuff. But, you know, everyone names, you know, Little Nicky, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. But it's like, I don't, I've never been, like, a huge fan. It was just like, I just really enjoy that movie for whatever reason. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he, I don't, I mean, even Click is probably, like, the most depressing thing he's ever done. Because, holy crap. God damn, that movie was sad like, shit, man. <laughs> That was Toy Story three esque as far as how how <laughs> how far they were willing to go to try and make me cry at a certain point. So, <laughs> uh, and then like I, I would say Christopher Walken, but I think he's just unintentionally funny just because of how quirky he is. But yeah, I don't think he counts in, in that. No, I mean he is he's funny as hell, but I mean it's you know that's just because it's Christopher Walken. He's the bomb. He's a national. I know. Treasure. I know. We've talked about it, uh, you know, briefly, but I think almost in the same vein of person who's known for comedy or people who know him primarily for other movies, like John Claude Van Damme, known for kicking, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. having abs. But in JCVD, the d- dramatic performance that he put on in that movie is nothing short of incredible. I mean, it would be powerful for any actor, let alone a guy who you don't really fucking expect can act. Yeah, and he he puts on a goddamn clinic in that movie. Oh, it's so good. And even uh, oh, what's uh, what's his name? Uh, I just went blank on it. Uh, shit, I'll just have to come back to it. Aaron Paul. No, <laughs> sorry, I was he's just, just trying great. to help. Oh yeah, Brian Cranston started off as a comedian guy. Yes, he did. I mean, holy wow, I mean, yep, he yeah. slipped right under the radar. Yeah, Jesus. He did. Uh, but uh, no. It, <laughs> Oh, Billy Connolly, like that guy, like oh, uh, Billy Connolly, yeah, yeah, he's, I mean, he is a not to be confused with Billy Connolly, uh, who I'm sure maybe might work at like a, an Italian strip club somewhere. But I mean, he started off as a freaking <laughs> huge, you know, comedian, and then yeah. you know, like, I, look, I'm not a huge fan of Boondock Saints; it's never been a secret. But yes, he is very good in it. Come on, those movies are great, dude. <laughs> I, just, I just, I, I don't know, I, they're not awful. I mean, like they're like yes, they're a very good elements to it now i can't say that for the second one because i turned the second one off in 10 minutes okay i, I will say julie benz w- was the worst part up and down uh, of that entire movie uh, i don't know uh, but, I, but do I think if, like if you, if you, if you her cut her out of, well, well yeah i mean who doesn't obviously you know she's attractive but i mean uh, four seasons it, of dexter if you could almost you could almost have willem dafoe dub her lines in <laughs> and it would be a million times better movie Oh yeah, no. I I don't think I think it was just her acting that that, that just killed her scenes for me. Just not. I don't. And it seems like the, the, I wish I could remember the, the the guy who directed him, uh, Duffy something Duffy. Duffy. Uh, Troy yeah. Duffy. Troy Duffy. Troy Duffy. I think he has a real thing for Julie Benz because you notice the parts where they focus on her, they really focus on Megan Fox. Yes. Oh, it's such to a creepy level. You're like, man, there's this dude's got some issues going on here. Yeah. <laughs> or like Sam Mendes used to with Kate Winslet, but then again, that's his wife. So right. I mean, or what he, about Tarantino with uh, Uma Thurman? Or feet, even that guy. Yeah, never really thought about it till now. Yeah, he's a foot guy, man. He is a foot and, guy, and they always got to be dirty feet. And like, whoa, that's just. Mm. So he can wash them away. No, I, that guy. That guy really gets down on. But I mean, but maybe that. Maybe that's what we're missing. Maybe that's why we haven't been able to tap in, like, and fully. Uh, take charge of our creative juices because we don't have like a weird thing like we need to find something kind of off the wall to where people think it's weird and then we we can be considered uh creative geniuses yeah yeah Yeah, we got to find something we need our niche we need a niche but i wonder what the fuck that could be it could be anything you want it to be i think one video i think some videos we could do for the website is uh you know, we could have a couple. You know, take take people writing into the info cinema geekly to suggest the movies, and uh, we could essentially film ourselves watching a movie and do live commentary to that movie, like we're watching it with these people, and they could pull it up like on their screen and like kind of dual wield it. You know what I mean? Or as a podcast, we could do like a like a talking soundtrack they could watch, uh, listen to while they watch a movie. Oh yeah, we could do something like that. You know, mystery science theater. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I mean, that is, that's very different, because they're actually characters, instead of, like, I'm assuming we would just be, like, caricatures of ourselves, not well, robots. Yeah, yeah, but I'm pretty much this, this way all the oh, time. Oh, yeah, no, like, totally, like, I'm a disgusting, awful human being. Like, there's, right. like, what you see is what you get pretentious, like, yeah. Right. I think, yeah, we could do a special podcast where, you know, we watch it and just talk about it and just, you know, give them, like, a, an insider's commentary as far as, like, you know, about as insight as you can get as a couple of guys just watching a movie. <laughs> Are you shy in person, Aaron? Like, people don't know, like, I've actually never met any of these guys. I've never met them in person, so I... Yeah, I, I've uh, I, I met Tony once. I, I wrestled for him. Uh, <laughs> I first moved to Michigan uh, a couple years ago. So like, you know, that's what I mean. Like, so are, are you shy in person? No, 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 oh, okay. no. Because I was thinking about it, like uh, a lot of these things of like people I've met, like uh, who do this kind of stuff, like they're super shy in person. So I just was curious. No, I'm I'm pretty much this loud uh, all the time. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm shy. I'm just I I don't know how to talk to people on a personal level like i don't know if it's like lack of <laughs> like, empathy like, but like you, you, I you just, remember you remember those things feelings right you remember feelings yeah like i, I just like <laughs> I, until like I, I just sit there until like there's something i can latch onto and talk about but i'm just like like i am the guy who like oh if i don't know what to talk about like i'll just bring up the weather it's like I, you're dexter you, you're sitting there just waiting for a social cue yeah, no, like totally. Like, I just, I, I don't get it. Like, I, anyone ever meets? Like, I don't get people at all. I, I, just, I don't. I could, I could observe them, and I could tell you how to like. Inter- it's, it's like hitch, but I couldn't well, do st- it for myself. Well, I think if you t- if you talk about them like they're animals on a on a preserve, <laughs> that might be you know a, a very telling sign about how you feel about people. <laughs> no, no, it's mean. Like, I, I could tell you how to talk to someone, but God forbid I do it for myself. Just like I couldn't help myself. Like I just. So you're like Cyrano de Bergerac, but of like really <laughs> terrible things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, I, th- I think we we could probably come up with something like that, some sort of a of a YouTube video with that, where you're just telling people like to say really awful things to one another. Yeah. So on that note, um, <laughs> we should probably wrap it up. Oh God! Did we actually make it an hour? Oh yeah, dude. Like hour and like six minutes. Oh, you're welcome, people. Yeah, no, like, we talked about cocaine for, like, 20 minutes. Like, how, like, how many people are going to talk about, like, cocaine addicts for, like, 20 minutes? I mean, come on, that's that's quality content. I mean, I always think we provide quality content, but then again, I don't listen to the shows. Uh, I don't, like, I'll listen to pieces of them. I won't listen to the, mainly I'll, like, kind of chime in, like, okay, only if I misremember, like, I went back and I had to listen to Cody's list for the Expendables again. Oh, Mainly because I was yeah. telling my friend about it. And he was like, okay, well, I'll listen. And it was funny. He didn't laugh at any of Cody's. Because he didn't know who they were. Like, whenever I, he said uh, Paul Rubens. He, he didn't know that was Pee Wee Herman? He's like, who's that? And he didn't hear oh, him say Pee Wee Herman. He's like, well, it's Pee Wee Herman. And then he laughed hysterically. And then when it came up to yours, and he didn't know who William Forsyth was. And I and oh. Tom Sizemore. And I'm like laughing my ass off. He's like, who are those? He's like, well, Tom Sizemore is uh, who Dexter is in real life. Right. Uh, and, uh, and William Forsyth is Nick Nolte's like evil cousin. He's like, oh, okay, I totally get that. How he wouldn't know who William Forsyth is but knows who Nick Nolte is is, is a pondering yeah, question that, of mine. That, he hasn't really, been relevant in like 20 years. So they're, that's, they're the same wheelhouse, man, right there. Yeah, I mean, like, huh. they've been irrelevant for a long time. <laughs> One was in 48 hours, and then the next 48 hours. Right. So. I, 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 I do love those movies. Um, anyway, guys, uh, you know, uh, if you have any more questions, comments, anything like that, please don't be afraid to send us an email, info at cinemageekly.com. We, uh, it's been a pretty light news week, and I don't know there's much coming out of the box office that we're going to be rushing out to see probably for a few weeks. Um so don't be afraid to drop us some lines, and we'll see if we can get to the mail, mailbag episode. I do know uh, one thing we like to do particularly uh, that we will do again very soon. We're going to be recasting some more movies uh, and franchises with people who you wouldn't normally expect to see in there. So if you guys have any suggestions or anything you'd like us to recast, uh, you know, again, info is in Geekly. Um, keep checking the website. I'll be, uh, we'll be getting a link up there pretty soon to my YouTube channel for uh, at Profit of Geek if you guys want to start watching our YouTube stuff. Um, and that's pretty much all I got. Glenn, you got anything? Yeah, uh, for the love of God, don't send True Detective because True Detective recasts those people on their own. Uh, that's what the show is going to be. 
But I mean, God forbid we don't round out the top five of the box office. Anthony will. Oh yeah, he will. He so, will. So at number five, it's opening debut, The Giver, uh, which is a book that I know at least with my generation, we all had to le- uh, read in junior high. Um, no, that I'm way too old for that one. And man. it was what's that, what's that book about? Uh, it's um, it's about a kid who's like 13 or 12, and they're in this community, and like there's no free will or choice. Uh, no one sees in color. It's all about you know getting rid of emotion whenever you're 12 or 13 you're assigned a uh what your career is going to be so it goes through and like the the main character jonas gets chosen to be the receiver which is uh you go to this old man's house and he is the he's the receiver and then he becomes the giver because what he does is he gives you memories of the past because there's at least one person in every community who needs to hold on to the memories of the past. Like, war is in love and color and just sailing. Like, some of them are simple and some of them are like, the guy's on the beach of Normandy dying and he's seeing everybody else die around him. Like, Jesus. so there, there's certain, like, extremes on it. And then, like, as it goes on, the kid's like, people need to feel this. Like, we are not human not feeling these things. Because, even if it it may cause some hurt and destruction, like, we need to experience the, you know, what makes us human uh, whole. You know, like the experience needs to be whole, not just, uh, you know, cookie cutter around things that we may not like because we may lose the beauty of life in that. It's interesting. Uh, the, the movie looks very different. Uh, not very different. Like uh, how he meets him is different. Uh, what 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 the title is like? There there's there's certain things that are changed. I am very glad that it looks like the beginning of the movie is black and white. Up until uh, he starts to receive color memories. Because that was one thing I always, like, growing up, I was like, if they ever made this movie, like, the first half has to be in black and white. And, and like, the first thing he ever sees in color is this girl's red hair. And so from there, like, then he starts to identify colors in real life. But all his mem- all the memories he is given are in color. He just doesn't have any context with it. Wow, um, that is crazy, dude. Yeah, I, uh, I, just really re- I, I just started reading the Harry Potter books. And automatically like i'm blown away with how how little the movie showed compared to the books yeah oh my god like i I can't stop reading these fuckers i'm already halfway through the second one i just started the first one day before yesterday i can't put them down yeah uh it's like some kind of weird crack speaking of harry potter number four the expendables three uh debuted at (laughs) 15.9 million Co-starring uh, Rupert Grant. Yeah. Uh, number three is the comedy, um, I'm assuming, from the team that brought you New Girls, uh, or New Girl, is Let's Be Cops. Uh, they be- debuted at $17.8 million. Uh, number two is Guardians of the Galaxy, $25.1 million. So, like, not, not too bad. Strong. Uh, no, know, not at all. No, it's, I mean, like, yeah, it's decreasing, but I feel like, it, like, going to 25, like, next week it'll be 15, and it'll probably be 10. So, like... I don't know if it'll get to two like three hundred million domestically, but I could see like two seventy, right? And then already already another two already another two hundred uh, foreign international in Japan and China haven't opened yet. So yeah. yeah, this thing is gonna just be ridiculous. And then number one, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at twenty eight point five. Um, it's at one hundred seventeen million. I honest to God, I don't know how it made this. I really thought it was going to bomb. I'm I'm very surprised. Because <laughs> everybody was speaking about it negatively. Everyone's like, oh, this is dog shit. This is going to suck. And I just had to see it out of my own curiosity because it's like, look, I know it's trash, but like, I just got to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, that's just my childhood. So, I don't know. What did, uh, it's sitting at 20% right now on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, Wow. So it's not word of mouth Let's that's doing it. Let's is at 12%. Yeah. Jesus. And I think the giver's at like 28, so. Uh, I was kind of into, the, the the book sounds interesting as hell now that you you know, you told me a little bit. I, yeah, I might it, check it's, that a, out. it's a quick read. It's like 230 pages, so. Oh, beautiful. Love yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a Hawthorne book. Like, really interesting, but quick to the point. <laughs> right. Uh so yeah, that, that's the only thing. I mean, outside of you know, uh, you know, like we said with Christmas season coming around, you know, go to Amazon.com, uh, Fandango if you want to see a movie. Probably like indie stuff at this point. Like we're getting ready for uh, the uh, the Oscar circuit. So in in a couple of weeks, uh, I know it's been forever since someone's like written a blog or written anything for the website that isn't a review. I will definitely be having a preview for you know the Oscar picks and I'll. Instead of like last year, I'll probably include some of the ones that, that came in earlier. And by some of them, I mean Grand Budapest Hotel. Like uh, it's, 
I was surprised that it's sitting at an 88 on Metacritic. Like, that's really wow. impressive. Yeah. Um, that, out of anything I've looked at, that is, like, the highest movie I've seen on Metacritic in a long time. Like, if you're in the 70s, that's good. Like, 88, holy crap. So, and thinking. Also, also sponsor. <laughs> See, that's why you're a better host when Tony's not around than I am. I, I had to skip right over all that shit. Uh, I'm much better just kind of where I am. Just, yeah, I... Just, just free to wander about and just, you know, chime in once in a while. Yeah, people, like, <laughs> honestly, God, like, if you love the fact that Andy... Uh, I don't know why I called you Andy. That Aaron and I talked about <laughs> cocaine for 20 minutes and just nonsense uh, uh, and went off tangents from questions. Like, if that's something you enjoy, like, hey, you know what? I'm all for that being what side B it consists of, so... Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... That was kind of, like, the idea behind it was more of, like, just random things, not so much, like, subjects. It was just subjects were something that we could get introduced into the podcast. I'm getting really excited for the new season of American Horror Story now that they've released that picture of uh, Jessica Lange and the World's Smallest Woman. Oh. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. I've never oh, watched man. American Horror Story, so... Oh, really? Yeah, and then, like, I know people talk about, like, they they want us to do episode recaps. Like, don't worry, that's happening. I don't know... I don't know so much about Doctor Who, but I know there is going to be Arrow and Gotham recaps. Like, I know Gotham and Arrow is happening, and I'm pretty sure oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is happening. Yeah, and Tony and I, we can do a quick Doctor Who uh, you know, blurb, just a couple minutes, so don't worry, guys. We're uh, we're out there. It, we're, we're trying to get through a rough patch here with some equipment issues, but we'll uh, we'll carry through and, you know, uh, at the holidays, just really step it up and, you know, do a lot of your shopping uh, through our links, you know, and just help us wherever you can. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you.